Amen. That was awesome, man. Let's give God praise one more time, man. Let's give God praise this morning. Hey, I want to welcome you uh, this morning. If today's your very first time here, my name's Mark. I'm the lead pastor. We're just excited to have you here uh, with us today at Summit. And uh, when you walked in on everybody's chair here this morning, there's this card right here. And uh, this is what we call our connection card. This is a really important uh, uh, card for us because what this lets us do, lets us know a couple things. One, who's here. Uh, let's us know who's here, who's not here, so we can follow up with them during the week. Just try to check on uh, everybody, as many people as we can. Let's us know how we can pray for you. Uh, when you write down comments, prayer requests on this card, uh, know that you're not writing that down, and then, somebody, and then nobody looks at it. We pray over every single one of the prayer requests. Hopefully here uh, you know that if you write a prayer request down on a card, usually in the next day or two somebody contacts you just to check on you, pray for you, and that sort of thing. But it also lets us know what God did in your life today. On the back of this card, we've given you several options just to let us know what God did in your life, how he spoke to you, any decision that you've made. And once the uh, sermon's over towards the end of the service, uh, when we receive our offering, we ask everybody to take a moment, fill these out, and you can drop them in the offering uh, basket as they go around today. But if you're new, if you're a uh, first-timer here today, or if you, uh, you're brand new, a second, third time, and maybe I've never met you, I would love to meet you uh, for just a minute or two at our welcome table out there in the lobby. We've got a free gift for all of our first, second-time guests here today. And so as you're walking out uh, this morning, if you, uh, if you would stop by the welcome table, uh, just let me say hi to you. And, uh, and man, we've got something really cool that we'd love to put in your hand. But here's what, something that I would want to invite every person here to that's actually going to take place right after church today. Uh, one of the things we try to say on a weekly basis is it's great that you're here on Sunday morning, but God has more for you than an hour on Sunday. God wants a relationship with you. And one of the most important parts of having a relationship with Jesus is being a part of his people, the church. And so right after uh, this service is over, back in the Summit Kids area, we are having what we call our partnership event. Now, partnership is what we call membership. And so if you're sitting there and you're thinking, hey, I would like to join this church, how can I become a member or a partner at Summit? How can I join Summit, Mark? And we would say the answer to that is we ask everybody who wants to do that to come to the partnership event. So if you want to become a partner, want to make this church your official church home, stick around for about 30 or 40 minutes after church over there in the Summit Kids area. We've got a free lunch for everybody that's there. So if you come, lunch will be on us today for you, your friends, and family. Uh, Whether you signed up or not, uh, but if you're sitting there thinking, hey, I didn't sign up, but I would love to be a part of that, listen, you don't have to sign up at all. You just come to the Summit Kids area. It'll take us about five, six minutes or so just to transition out of kids and set a few things up for that. But it's right over in the Summit Kids area. That's the back part of the forum right after church here today. Hey, before, um, before we jump into God's Word today, I want to mention a couple of things that, that I need you to know. Uh, number one, our student ministry is taking their winter retreat this coming weekend. So January the 26th to the 28th, our students are uh, going on a winter retreat in Gatlinburg. The cost of that is $65 per student. So if you're here, maybe you missed last week. Uh, If you're a student, you're a parent, your kid wants to go on that, and you say, hey, I need to pay, how can I do that? Right after church today, uh, right here in this room, Asina and Wes, they're gonna be up here, and you can come and you can give that money, or if you have questions about the trip itself, You can come and you can get those questions answered. If you or your student, uh, if you're a parent uh, or you're a student and you say, hey, I would love to go on that trip, 
but I don't know if I can handle the $65 fee. Uh, we have a policy in our church that any student uh, who wants to go on an event, money is money. They never need to worry about money if they cannot afford it because our church will make sure that we find a way to take care of that kid so that they can go and hear about Jesus and be in an environment where he could change their life. And so if you are a parent or you're a student, you say, listen, I would love to go, but man, I don't know if I can handle the 65 bucks. You come up to me, uh, I'll be in the lobby after church or a scene in West right up here, and no questions asked. If you come up to us and you say, hey, I don't know if I can handle the fee for the winter retreat, no questions asked, we'll make sure that you're good to go, all right? We will make sure that you, you're good to go. But with that, um, last week, we saw, last week uh, we saw several people that stepped up to say, hey, I would love to sponsor a kid. And so the way that we take care of kids, students who want to go on this, who want to go on trips like this but can't afford to pay, people in our church step up to sponsor students. And we saw a lot of people step up last week, say, hey, I would love to give $65 or more than that to take care of several kids who are going to go. If you want to do that, you can do the same exact thing. If you want to sponsor some kids to go on the winter retreat, come up front here after church. As seen in West, they'll be up front. You can give them the money or you can come to the welcome table after church. Give it to me. A lot of people did that last week. Maybe you missed last week. You couldn't do it uh, for one reason or another. So stick around. You can take care of that. Uh, this, uh, you take care of it right after church today. I do want to say one thing with that. Uh, people are asking, when are, when, when are the students leaving on Friday? Our students are going to leave on Friday at 4 o'clock this coming Friday from the student building. Uh, so, so 4 o'clock, as quick as you can get there, try to get there, drop your kids off, or if you're a parent who's going, be at the student building, uh, 4 o'clock this Friday, January the 26th, and uh, that's when they're going to pull out of the uh, student building. One more, uh, mention uh, one more thing to you. We're going to show a video uh, here in just a second to set up an event that's coming up that's actually sponsored by Journey Christian Church, uh, but they, are need, they need a lot of help from all kinds of different churches and all kinds of different organizations. It's an event called the Tim Tebow Night to Shine, and Tim Tebow is going to come out, and he's going to talk to us about it this morning. <laughs> yeah, just joking. Uh, but... Uh, I do have a video with Tim Tebow talking about it. I just want to see what you do. So, uh, so Tim Tebow, ladies and gentlemen, is going to talk to us about this awesome, this is a big deal. This, is, this event, honestly, is coming to our community. So check this out. Uh, turn the lights down. Turn it up. Check this out. And I'm going to talk to you about it. What's up, church? I'm Tim Tebow, and thank you so much for being part of A Night to Shine. This will be our fourth year doing Night to Shine, and when we started, we wanted to have a prom and celebrate people with special needs, but it became so much more than that. Now it's a movement to celebrate life, to celebrate love, to celebrate God's love for every single one of us. This year, there's going to be over 500 churches involved, over 175,000 volunteers, most importantly, over 90,000 kings and queens will be honored, will be celebrated, and will be loved. They're going to walk down red carpets, they're going to dance the night away, and it's because of you. It's because you're willing to say yes. We want to be part of it. We want to help. I also want to read one of the quotes from last year's Night to Shine. You could feel the Holy Spirit all night. So much love and unity. No one cared what church you went to, what denomination you were part of. We were there to honor Jesus and celebrate our guests. Guys, that's what it's all about. We're going to love Jesus, we're going to celebrate people, and we're going to change a lot of lives together. Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. God bless you guys. Okay, so let me just give you some info about that. That is an event that's going to happen February the 9th, that's a Friday, from 6 to 9 p.m. at the First Federal Center on the campus of Hazard Community College right over here. They need a lot 
of volunteers. What you saw there is exactly what that night's going to look like. It's going to be a really fun, uh, fun night. Several people from our church have already volunteered, and we want you to be a part of it. And so if you would want to volunteer for the night to shine, and I, and I promise this is going to be an event unlike any other. It's going to be so cool to see all kinds of churches come together, all kinds of organizations, our community come together, and to celebrate uh, lives and just to serve people. It's going to, be, it's going to be an unbelievable night. And so here's all you need to do. Out there at the welcome table right after church, there are volunteer uh, applications uh, that, you, uh, that you need to fill out. If you want to help out with the night to shine, you need to fill out one of those forms. I know last Sunday night, actually, at students, they ran out. So if you're a student and you want to volunteer, but this is for anybody of all ages, not just students. This is for people of all ages. You need to fill out a volunteer application. They are at the welcome table. So take one uh, this morning before you leave. And we need all of those filled out and returned next Sunday. So you can bring them next Sunday to the welcome table and drop them off. If we run out this morning, which I hope that we do, if we run out this morning, we'll try to post a link on Facebook where you can download it. But get that application out there at the welcome table this morning so that you can help out with Night to Shine. It's going to be an awesome, awesome event. All right? Hey, uh, and before, uh, I want to do one more thing before we jump into the sermon. I know this is a lot. One more thing. I want to show you some pictures of our building uh, this morning that I took. So I might need to turn the lights down. I don't know if we're going to be able to see these. Check this out here. These are some pictures that we took just a couple days ago. The ceiling is done. That's the auditorium. The floor is uh, almost finished. It looks unbelievable in there, uh, I think. That's our auditorium. Go to the next picture. And this next picture is the, uh, the lobby. And uh, there's a lot of stuff in there because they had to move out things from the auditorium because the floor's uh, finished up in there. There's the ceiling in there. It looks unbelievable in the lobby. And the next one is the floor of a bathroom. And so uh, the uh, floors in the bathroom are uh, done. And I promise by the time we start having church up there, there's going to be toilets in those bathrooms. It's going to be amazing. And uh, so go ahead and uh, that's, that's it. But I wanted to show you those. Um, and so hopefully here in the next couple of weeks, we're going to have uh, a really exciting announcement about the first Sunday that we're going to be in there. Um, I will go ahead and tell you, it's not next Sunday. Come to the forum. Um, and so, uh, but man, we're really close to that. And so, man, if you give to Impact, uh, to our uh, building fund, man, God bless you for that. If you've been waiting, kind of holding off, hey, we're right at the finish line. Let's go ahead and let's finish this out strong. And uh, man, we just want to share that with you. We're really excited about it, all right? Hey, let's, uh, let's pray this morning before we uh, dive in to God's word. Would you pray with me? God, if you don't come right now, if you don't come and just grip our hearts and wake us up and help us to focus, God, it's just going to be another talk. It's just going to be another sermon. And God, I don't really know if we, if we need another talk or sermon, but God, I know that what we need is you. And so, Father, I pray that you would just come and, God, that you would speak really clearly, uh, re- just in, a la- in the loudest way possible, God, that you would, that you would speak, wh- that, God, whether it would be uh, just the still, small voice of your Holy Spirit saying something that, that I'm not even planning to say, uh, God, whether it is something that I'm going to say, God, uh, cause me to say something I'm not even planning to say right now, Jesus. I pray that you would just get our attention. God, that we, that we wouldn't just come and leave and say that was nice, but that, God, when it, this is over, without a shadow of a doubt, we would know we were in your presence today. So, God, I pray for help because I cannot do that. I cannot do that at all. And, Jesus, we need your help. And so, God, open up our eyes, open up our hearts to hear from you today. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Amen. Hey, how many of you have ever heard a, an offer that you were convinced it's too good to be true? Raise your hand. Anybody ever heard that? Just an offer you're going to, too good 
to be true. I remember a couple of years ago, I can't remember, I, I can't remember exactly what it was called. Um, I, it might have been something like the ab belt or something like that, but it was this thing that you can order, this piece of exercise, I use that term as loosely as possible, equipment, a belt that you could put around your, right, uh, around your waist, rather, and it promised that you could get like chiseled six-pack abs and never exercise. Like, I remember, I remember the commercial. I remember the commercial was this dude wearing this belt, and it looked like it was shocking his stomach. It looked like a mild form of torture. But the dude was on the couch watching TV, eating chips, and then the next scene was that dude just ripped and glistening. You know what I'm saying? And, and he never worked out. He just ate Cheetos and wore the belt that shocked his stomach, right? And, and I remember watching that. I remember thinking, I don't think it works that way. I think you've actually got to work out. I think you have actually got to maybe put the Cheetos down, bro, and, and do some work. I think that's too good to be true. Or maybe, you know, like some kind of get-rich-quick scheme, you know, or something like that. But we've all heard a promise. We're just convinced it's too good to be true. And maybe we've even heard things like that so many times. We're kind of cynical, kind of jaded. So when somebody stands up and makes a promise and says, hey, if you do this, this will happen, something inside of us, because we've been burned so many times by other things like that, something inside of us just says, no, I don't think that's true. There's no way that's right. Well, well knowing that, here's what I want to say today. If today, 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 we are going to talk about one principle, and this one principle, if you and I will adopt this one principle that we are going to talk about today, this one principle, if you will adopt this, this one principle guarantees God's blessing on your life. See, some of you are like, nope, no, no, give me the ab belt and the Cheetos, I'm done, I'm done. There's no way, there's no way, right? This one principle, I promise, this one principle, if you will adopt this one principle that we're going to unpack this morning, this one principle will guarantee that you will walk in the will of God for your life. This one principle, if you'll adopt this principle, by the end of this year, you and I, now we won't be perfect, there's no perfection this side of heaven, but if you and I, if we will adopt this one principle that we're going to talk about this morning, by the end of this year, we will all be different people. If we just adopt this one principle, if we, if we try to make this one principle a reality in our lives, by the end of this year, we will all be different people. Now, here's what you're thinking. Mark, what is this wonderful principle that we're going to talk about? What is it, Mark? What, what is this one principle that we're going to talk about? Here it is, all right? If you're taking notes, write this down. You can follow along in our app if you're taking notes today. But here it is. Here's the one principle that if you and I will adopt this principle, it'll guarantee God's blessing on our life. We will walk in the will of God, and we will be different people by the end of this year. And that one principle is this. It's that the most important factor in following Jesus is taking responsibility for your own spiritual growth. Nobody got excited. That's kind of what I thought would happen. Let me say that one more time. The most important factor in following Jesus, most important factor in following Jesus, and we've been talking about that in our series launch. If you missed last week, I would really urge you to go back and listen or watch it. It's on Facebook. Watch the sermon from last week because last week we unpacked what is actually our church's discipleship pathway. We showed this picture uh, right here. I think that we've got that picture up there. There it is right there. We showed that picture of a disciple. And what we said last week is that a disciple 
is someone who is following Jesus, being changed by Jesus, and they're on Jesus' mission. And the way that we summed that up is we said head, so every day we want to submit and surrender to Jesus' lordship, we want to follow him every day. Heart, Jesus is changing us, he's making us into different people. And hands, we're on his mission. And so, so a discipleship pathway, what that is, and you're going to see us refer to this, you're going to see this and hear this quite a bit. What this is, is it's simply a tool to help us see, hey, where am I in following Jesus and where do I need to grow? Where do I need to try to, try to grow closer to Jesus as I follow him in my head, in my heart, or in my hands? And so last week we talked about that. Again, if you missed it, go back and watch it on our app or however you can find it. Go back and check that out. Last week, But the most important factor of what we did there last week, the most important factor of following Jesus, of being disciples, and what we said last week is disciples, where if you're a Christian, you're a disciple. The most important factor in following Jesus is taking responsibility for your own spiritual growth. Or another way that we could say it, another way that we could say it is, is owning your faith. Taking responsibility for your relationship with Jesus and owning your faith. See, here's the thing. Your faith can't hang on me as a preacher, right? Your faith can't hang on any preacher, right? Right? Listen, if your faith hangs on me, bummer for you if I get cast in the next Star Wars movie and i got to take a six-month sabbatical, right? Hello. People always use the example, bummer for you if I get hit by a bus. No, I might get in the next Star Wars movie. You never know. We're praying about it, right? Right? Your faith can't hang on your parents, students. Hello? Your faith can't hang on your husband. Your faith can't hang on your wife. Your faith can't hang on this church. Now, now, now you need the church, and other people can encourage you. Other, you need other people to help you follow Jesus, but nobody can make you follow Jesus. You gotta take responsibility for this. You gotta own it. You've got to take responsibility for your own spiritual growth. All of those other things and people, church, you absolutely need the people of God in your life. But man, you gotta own your relationship with Jesus. And if it hangs on another person or if it hangs on some outside circumstance, if your relationship with Jesus is not something that you own, if it hangs on another person or organization, when that person or organization walks out on your life, what will happen to your faith? So the most important factor in following Jesus is you've got to take responsibility for your own spiritual growth. You've got to own it. Everybody say, own it. You've got to own it. Now I want you to open up your Bible to Psalm 1. All right? I want you to see this. I want you to see what this looks like. Psalm 1 is where we're at today. All right? So go ahead, open up your Bible to Psalm 1. Now, as you're turning there, you're opening up on your phone or whatever, Psalm 1 sets the stage for the biggest book in the Bible. So the book of Psalms was, was uh, Israel. It was their hymn book. They would have sang a lot of these songs in worship. We don't know how they would have went, how they would have sounded, or whatever that looks like, but they would have sang a lot of these songs. They would have had a lot of these songs memorized. These psalms were songs. And Psalm 1 kind of sets the stage for all 150 all right, so let's read six verses, Psalm 1. We're going to read this. You can follow along on the uh, screen behind me here if you don't have a copy of the Word of God. It says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. 
He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. See, what's happening in Psalm 1, this is, this is painting a picture of a certain type of person. And by the way, it's painting a picture of a certain type of person that you and I could be. So we're not talking about somebody that somebody else other than us. We could be the kind of person in Psalm 1. And I don't know if you were paying attention or not. Did you see that there's two kinds of people in Psalm 1? It's the righteous and the wicked. And the thing, hang with me here, the thing that separates the righteous from the wicked in Psalm 1 is how they treat, handle, and respond to the law of God. Now, now, what is the law of God? What is God's law that he meditates on day and night? Well, for them, it would have probably been the first five books of the Bible, Genesis through Deuteronomy. They didn't have any of the New Testament. They didn't have all of the Old Testament. They probably just had the first five books of the Bible. And what separates the righteous from the wicked in Psalm 1 is how they treat, respond to the voice of God. Now, now, now listen to me. Listen to me here. Listen to me here. Reading the Bible does not save you. Right? You, gotta, you, gotta, you need to know that. Reading the Bible does not save you. But the way that you treat and respond and think about the voice of God shows a lot about where your relationship with God is if you have one at all. Right? See, the reason that this is such a big deal, the way we treat and think about the voice of God is because, and listen, I'm, I, you might not agree with what I'm about to say here. And listen, I haven't always agreed with what I'm about to say. I gave my life to Jesus in April of 1996, and, and there was this journey after that of, of coming and just, and just examining a lot of things, and you might not agree right now with what I'm about to say, but I just want to be really clear here about where, where I am and where our church stands on this particular issue so that we all know. See, we believe, we are convinced that this book right here in my hand, this is the Word of God, okay? This is not a special book. It is, it is a book authored by God. So it's not just a special book among other special books. There is nothing like this in all of creation because God wrote it. This book does not contain ideas about God. It is the word of God. Every single bit from Genesis 1-1 to Revelation 22. I don't even know what the last verse is in Revelation 22, but it's in there. All right? All of it. It is from God. It is inspired and written by God. God, and God wanted to reveal himself to us and make himself known to us, and so God reveals himself in creation, but God wanted to go deeper than creation, and so God gave us a specific revelation, and God told us who he is, and God spoke to us in the Bible, and listen to me, Summit, there is nothing more powerful than a word from God. I mean, there was literally nothing, and then how did God create everything? He spoke, and it came into existence. He didn't, go to, he didn't go to Lowe's and buy all the equipment, right? God spoke, and all creation came into existence. Listen, if the Word of God has the ability to bring all creation into existence, imagine the potential that the Word of God can have in your life. So the most important factor in following Jesus is taking responsibility for your relationship with Jesus. And there's all kinds of practical things we could talk about this morning that would help us to take responsibility for that. 
We can talk about how, hey, if you're going to take responsibility for your spiritual growth and, and own your faith, you need to make church a priority and not an option. And, and we could talk about that, but we're not going to. We could talk about, hey, listen, if you want to own your faith and really take responsibility for your relationship with Jesus and your spiritual growth, we could talk about giving. We could talk about spiritual gifts and serving, but we're not going to. Instead, we're going we're to take one application of the one principle because I'm convinced that this one application if we will take responsibility for our own spiritual growth and the way that that will look if we will do this one thing that the righteous man did in Psalm 1 then all of those other things that we could talk about will come over time so what's that one thing if the one principle is taking responsibility for our own spiritual growth what's the one thing we could do to really help the rubber meet the road help help really to put feet on that practice what's the one thing that we could do here's the one thing that we could do read the word of god and apply it to our lives i'm gonna take responsibility for my own spiritual growth so one thing that i'm definitely going to do one thing that's going to help me to do that is i'm going to read god's word i'm going to read the voice of god on a page and by god's help i'm going to do what god says and listen can i tell you the effect that that one simple practice will have on your life could be revolutionary I mean, the book of Psalms, Psalm chapter 1, Psalm 1, we see a portrait of a person who reads the Word of God, he meditates on it, he thinks about it, he's reading God's Word, he's doing, he's trying to do what it says, and that one simple practice has a radical impact on his life. It can have a radical impact on our lives. What kind of person, what, what will that one simple practice of reading the Word of God and doing what it says, reading it and applying it to our lives, what kind of people would they be? What kind of people do those people who do that, what do they look like? Well, Psalm 1 tells us, the first thing it says is that they're fruitful. People who read the Word of God because they want to hear God's voice, they want God to speak to them, and then they, with God's help, they want to apply it and do what God says. Number one, they're fruitful. Imagine, imagine your life for a second. Imagine that you're a tree, okay? Imagine that you're a tree. If you're a Christian today, you're a tree. And that's exactly the image there in Psalm chapter 1, verse 3. Look at what he says. He is like a what? A tree. He's like a tree. Now let's get real specific. Let's get real specific. Let's talk, let's talk trees, okay? Let's talk apple trees. What kind of fruit grows on an apple tree? Some of you took too long. You took too long there, all right? So what kind, let's do it again. What kind of fruit grows on an apple tree? Somebody said oranges. Who, somebody said oranges. So apples, apples grow on apple trees. Last year, Elaine and I, when we were in, when we were in Israel, everywhere you go in Israel, there's acres and acres of banana trees. Do you know what kind of fruit grows on banana trees? Starts with a B, ends with anana. Bananas, banana. Some of you are like, I don't know, I can't pass. Right? Bananas grow on banana trees, people. It's church. It's not that hard. All right? Bananas grow on banana trees. Here's a question. What kind of fruit should grow on your life if you're a Christian? Because Jesus, in John chapter 15, verse 16, Jesus says, I chose you and I have appointed you to bear what? You may know? Fruit. What kind of fruit ought to be in your life if you're a Christian? That's actually a really easy question to answer because the Bible answers it in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. The fruit of the what? Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. 
See, so you and I, the Bible says, are like trees. And as we get into one of the things that God uses to shape us and to make us into the men and women that he wants us to be, he uses the word of God. And as, as, as the spirit of God in our lives takes the word of God, fruit begins to grow out of our lives. But here's the thing. Jesus, in John chapter 14, Jesus says he's the vine dresser. So what that means is this. It means that Jesus will prune your life. Because Jesus wants to bear fruit out of my life and out of your life, Jesus is going to cut off. He's going he's to get rid of. He's going to prune off the things in our lives that you and I have got to get rid of. Now, here's what you need to know about that process. That hurts a little. Actually, that's wrong. It hurts a lot. Right? It hurts a whole lot. Right? Why does it hurt? Here, let me, just, let me just make you a promise. If you really get into this book and you say, God, I want you to speak to me and whatever you want to say to me, I want you to say it and whatever you want to do in my life through this book, I want you to do it in my life. Listen, if you open yourself up to God like that in his word, God will get up in your business, y'all. Hello, anybody know? Man, God will get up in your business. Man, there's been a ton of times when I've read the Word of God and I've, I've been in some kind of relational conflict and I'll read the Bible and Jesus will say stuff like, forgive as you've been forgiven. And then I'll say back to him, I don't want to. I don't want to. I want to get even, Jesus. I want to just slap and run. Can I do that? Is that in the Greek maybe? I don't want to do that. See, when I respond that way, what that does is it puts up a barrier in the middle of my relationship with Jesus. And Jesus, listen, when you say yes and you are obedient to the word of God, even when it's hard, Jesus will prune away pride. He'll prune away self-righteousness. He'll prune away fear like Morgan was singing about a moment ago. And Jesus will make you into a fruitful person. So they're fruitful. Another, another, another thing this psalm tells us, the person who opens themselves up to the word of God, who gets into it and tries by God's help to do what it says, they, they are able to stand when life hits. They're able to stand when life hits. Look at verse 4. The wicked are not so, but they're like chaff that the wind drives away. They're able to stand, this righteous person. He's able to stand when life hits. You're like, what's he mean? What, what's that mean, Mark? What are you talking about? Here's what I'm talking about. Make no mistake about it that in 2018, life is going to hit you. Right? We live in a broken world, and guys, listen, in a broken world, in a broken world, death, disease, disappointment, heartache, setback, loss, all of those things, we can't shield ourselves from those things because they are a part of a broken world. But here, here, here's what the word of God can do. Man, God's word in your life, just like a tree, just like a tree with strong roots, the word of God in your life, it can give you the ability to stand even when life hits. You know what roots are? Roots are an anchor. Can I tell you that your faith in 2018 needs an anchor? You have no idea, I, I have no, I, I've lost count of the amount of people, I've just talked six years in this church, I have lost count of the amount of people in six years that we've been as a church, when, when, some, when life hits somebody, they walked away from God, they walked away from church, they walked away from the faith, why? Because life hit them, and I am telling you, life is going to hit you, it's going to hit me this year, and when it hits, if you don't have any roots, how are you going to stand? You're not going to. Man, you need, you need the word of God to give you roots, to give you an anchor in 2018. Because listen, in 2018, when you are walking through something that's not good, the word of God is there to remind you that God is still good. Right? 
When you are walking through something and it feels like you're alone and you're abandoned, it is the word of God where God reminds you that I will never leave you, I will never forsake you. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. The same spirit who raised Jesus from the dead is alive inside of you. I am for you, not against you, and you are more than a conqueror. Right? You've got to have the roots of the word of God being built up in your life in 2018 or you won't stand 2018. Not only that, but the other thing that this psalm tells us is people who open their life up to the word of God take responsibility for their spiritual growth and they get into God's word and they seek to apply it with his help. They live a life that endures. They live a life that endures. Verse 3, their leaf doesn't wither. Seasons come, seasons go, and no matter what, their life endures. And listen, I am telling you that if you open up the pages of this book, God can reorient the direction of your life so that you don't live for money and you don't live for career and you don't live for all of these other things that in and of themselves are good, but listen to me, you will lose them. Not preaching against money, but one day you'll lose it all. Not preaching against jobs, but one day you lose it all. But the Word of God has this ability to reorient your life so that the North Star of your life can become that you are living a life for the glory of God. And I'm telling you, if you will live your life for the glory of God, you will never waste your life, church, right? And you can live for the glory of God as a student, as a stay-at-home mom, as a dad, as a CEO, as a police officer, as a lawyer, as a doctor, as a janitor, as a teacher. You can live your life for the glory of God no matter where you are or what season or avenue God has put you in. You can live your life for the glory of God. And if you live your life for the glory of God, what God is putting in front of us right here on these pages, if you live your life for that man, your life will never fade away. But the final thing, maybe you're not convinced. Say, I don't know about it. Here's, here's this one. The person who does what we're talking about, they're blessed. How many of you want to be blessed this year? Raise your hand. You want to be blessed? Some people aren't raising their hands. That's weird. I guess if you want to be cursed, that's fine. I guess. I don't know. I got none for you, man. All right? Come back next week. They're blessed. Right? Look at the, song, look at the first, first part of the song. Blessed is the man. Blessed is the man who delights in the law of the Lord, meditates on it day and night. Blessed is the man. We're always talking about being blessed, aren't we? Right? We're always talking about being blessed, man. We want to be blessed, right? It's it's everywhere. Hashtag blessed. Right? Hashtag blessed. Right? And when we think about being blessed, what do we think that means? Usually we think hashtag blessed means vacations, and I got a raise, and I got a promotion, and my wife is hotter than your wife, right? And my kids are better than your kids, and look how awesome my house is, look how awesome my new living room, furniture, set, whatever that word is, look how awesome it is, look how, man, I'm hashtag blessed, right? We, a lot of times, associate the word blessed with stuff. The translation of the Bible that I'm using right here is the English Standard Version, ESV. In the New Testament, it uses the word blessed 121 times. Did you know that in the New Testament, the word blessed is never associated with a material item? Did you know that? It's never associated with a material item. In the Bible, in the Bible, to be blessed, listen to me, listen to me. In the Bible, to be blessed means that you are satisfied with God. And you don't need to have a lot of money to be satisfied with God. You don't need to have the biggest house on the block to be satisfied with God. This man was blessed. Why? Look at this. This man was blessed because he had the word of God and he loved it and he did what it said. Do you understand how blessed we are? 
Do you understand how blessed we are, right? Some of you, some of you are like, well, I don't feel blessed. I would love to take you to a country where Christianity is illegal. And when they open up packages, and you can watch videos of it on YouTube, and when they open up packages that have one copy of the Word of God, dozens of people come and they tear that Bible to shreds so that they can take a shred of the Word of God home. And some of us are using Bibles to prop up coffee tables that are unbalanced. And we've got every translation of the Bible ever made on our phone right now. We are blessed people. Ephesians 1 says that if you're a Christian, you are blessed right now with every spiritual blessing. Jesus says blessed are the what? Poor in spirit. Theirs is the kingdom of God. Listen, this person is blessed. So here we are. If we will own our faith, take responsibility for our relationship with Jesus, simply through the means of getting into the word of God, reading it, and doing what it says, we'll live a fruitful life. We'll stand when life hits. We'll live a life that endures. And you'll be hashtag blessed. Say, Mark, how do I do that? Mark, I mean, I want to do that. How can I do that? I'm going to give you two quick ways and then we're done. All right? Two quick ways you can take responsibility for your spiritual growth by getting into the word of God and with God's help doing what it says. Two things that you and I need this morning. Here's the first one. The first thing we need are open Bibles. Open Bibles. Open Bibles means what? means it's open because I'm reading it. Right? Right? It's open because I'm reading it. Or it's on my phone and I'm opening it up and I'm reading it. I'm reading the Bible. Now, here's what the enemy's going to tell you. The enemy's going to lie to a lot of you because he says this all the time. And he's going to say, listen, don't read the Bible. You can't understand it. Don't read the Bible. Listen, it's too deep. You've never been to Bible college. You never, it never makes sense anyway. Do not read the Bible because it's never, it, it will never make sense. Since. Now, before we t- kind of talk about how the devil's a liar there, let's say something really practical. Every single week when people give their life to Jesus here, I'm talking to people about growing in their faith. I, one of the questions I always ask people in our church is, do you have a Bible you can understand? Right? Do you have a copy of the Bible that you can understand? That's why right out there at the welcome table and all over, we give away free Bibles, Bibles in a translation that you can read and understand. I'm going to say something, and it may offend you, and if it offends you, you can email me. My email address is markcombs at idontcare.com, and you can email me if this really offends you. But listen, if you just gave your life to Jesus, and the only copy of the Word of God that you're reading is the King James Version, bro, I bet you're having a rough time, Right? The King James Version people are mad right now that I would even say that. I bet they're not here today. Um, you need a copy of the Word of God you can understand, right? Get one. Listen, on, every, on, on your device right now, if you've got the Version Bible app, every, every version of the Bible, every translation of the Bible ever known to man is on your phone right now for free, y'all. That's crazy. If you want to read the Bible in King James, heck, if you want to read the Bible in Korean, you can do it on your phone, Right? Get a copy of the Bible that you can understand. But listen, the devil is still going to say to you, even with that, it's useless. Even with that, don't even bother. You can't understand it. And listen, the devil is a liar because inside of every follower of Jesus is the best teacher that you possibly could ever have, and his name is the Holy Spirit. And can I just tell you, after countless times of experiencing this, Before you read the Bible, when you open it up and you're going to read it, maybe a copy of the Word of God like this or on your phone, don't just open it up and dive in. Before you even start reading, would you just pause 
and just simply say to the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, teach me right now. Holy Spirit, speak to me right now. Holy Spirit, help me to understand right now. And can I tell you that the Holy Spirit loves to answer that prayer? Man, the Holy Spirit wants to be your teacher. And even in those times when you open up the Bible and you don't feel like you got anything from it, even in those moments, church, you are still sowing eternal things in your life. So this word never returns void in our lives. This word is always fruitful in our lives. So the first thing we need is open Bibles. But the second thing that we've got to have is we need open lives. We need open Bibles and we need open lives. Open lives simply looks like this. God, whatever you want to say to me, whatever you want to do in my life, do it. I said earlier that if you really open yourself up to this book, God will get in your business. And listen, when God gets in your business and you feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit or God is telling you, hey, I want you to do this and I know it scares you, but do it anyway. Or hey, you need to let go of this and I know that you love it, but I'm telling you there is life on the other side of it if you'll just let it go. In those moments, God is not doing that to judge you or try to trap you. God is loving you as your heavenly Father. And in those moments, he wants to make you like Jesus, and if you will obey when it hurts, and if you will obey when it's hard, I promise on the other side of that is deeper life, deeper experience of Christ, and more joy in the Holy Spirit than you will ever know. I promise it is, right? So open lives, open lives. Jesus, whatever you want to speak to me about, whatever you want to do in my life, do it. And if you will open up your life like that, If you will open up your life, Mark, is that all we got to do? Mark, to follow Jesus, is that all we got to do? Open our Bibles, read it, pray that God would help me to do it. Is that all we've got to do? No, but I promise you that if you will do that, every single other thing in time will follow. If, if, If God is genuinely speaking into your life and you are genuinely listening to him and not trying to hold off any area of your life from him saying, Jesus, you've got free reign. Whatever you want to do or say, do it in my life. I promise in time, everything else will follow. I'll close with this. I'm done. I'll close with this. I gave my life to Jesus in April of 1996 and the thing that God has used to keep me here, the thing that God uses in my life consistently over and over, the reason I haven't quit, is because just a couple of months after I gave my life to Jesus in April of 1996, my youth pastor, his name's Jeff McIntyre, he's a youth pastor at Hyman First Baptist, now he works at Camp Nathaniel. Jeff McIntyre pulled me aside and he said, Mark, I wanna teach you to do something that'll change your life. And I said, oh yeah, what? He said, I wanna teach you how to take responsibility for your faith by reading the Bible every single day, doing what it says, and watch what'll happen. And can I tell you, after years and years and years of doing that, can I just tell you this morning, can I just tell you this morning, I am smoking what I am selling this morning, all right? You need to know that. I am smoking what I am selling this morning, bro, all right? If you wanna see, if you wanna see me smoke it, come to my house every morning at five o'clock in the morning because I'm an early riser. That's just me. I know I'm weird. But man, my time with the Lord is every single morning, about 5 or 5.30, because listen, I'm just an early riser. Some of you are like, he is smoking something getting up at 5 in the morning. Bro, I tell you, I know, I know. You got to figure out what that looks like for you. It might be at lunch, might be later on in the day. Listen, no matter what time of day it is, but make sure that time is with the Lord. Make sure to try to get that time in your life. But I am telling you, I am telling you, if all of us would say, Jesus, I'm gonna take responsibility for my spiritual growth. I'm gonna follow you. And so Jesus, I'm gonna open up this book. And with your help, I'm gonna do what it says. No matter what, I'm gonna do what it says. I promise you, church, if we would do that, 
then that kind of church is the church that transforms the world. That's it. That's the kind of church that transforms the world. Would you pray with me? Jesus, this, this, on the surface, this does not sound revolutionary. Jesus, on the surface, this sounds so bottom shelf, so elementary. And that is the way that you have set this up. You have not, Jesus, the gospel is not rocket science. It's that we're sinners and you die. And you came back to life. And if we come to you for forgiveness, you forgive and you change our lives. Jesus, following you, you tried to put it on the on the on the on the bottom shelf, the barest essentials possible. That if we will every day say, Jesus, here I am. Jesus, speak to me, lead me, do whatever you want in and through my life. Jesus, if we will open up this book, your book, and we'll come to it with hungry hearts and hungry minds and open hands, we will be different people. God, I pray that this would be a blessed church. I pray that you would bless this church in ways that we never could even imagine. And that chief blessing is that we would be a people satisfied in God, in love with Jesus, passionate about him, going hard after him, worshiping him with joy, with zeal, with passion, that we would give our lives away, that we would give ourselves away, and that Jesus, every single day, because we've taken ownership and responsibility of following you, we would just be hungry for you to do whatever you want to do in and through our lives. So God, I pray that you would take this message and that you would apply it to our lives, to our church, and that we would Go hard after you. Jesus, there's probably somebody here, and they come every single Sunday, but maybe this was the ticket. This was the thing. This was the thing that needed to click over in their heart and in their soul that said, hey, I want you to follow me. I want you to daily seek me by spending time with me in the Word and asking me for the power to do what I'm saying. Jesus, this could be the thing that brings that person back to you. This could be the thing that takes us to another level. For you, This could be the thing that wakes up a passion for you that we've never known or experienced. This could be the thing that transforms this entire church. So we say, Jesus, I'm in. I, Jesus, I'm in. If you're here today with every single head bowed, with every single eye closed, if the cry of your heart this morning after what we just saw from Psalm 1, if the cry of your heart is Jesus, I want to hear you speak to me, and I want you to help me do whatever you say. Would you raise your hand right now so I can pray for you, just to see that hand? Raise it up really high, not halfway, all the way. Hands are going up all over, all over. Jesus, I want to hear your voice. Help me to do whatever you say. All over, hands are going up. All over, hands are going up. God, I praise you that the overwhelming, massive amount of people raise their hands. And God, I believe, I believe, People who didn't even raise their hand, God, that's the cry of many hearts in this room. So, God, I pray that, Jesus, we would be a people who want to hear your voice, want to follow you. God, I thank you that we don't have to be preachers to hear you talk to us. I thank you that we don't have to be spiritual giants to hear you talk to us. I praise you that, God, we just have to be willing to listen and available. And you might be here today, and you have never given your life to Jesus. Today, Jesus loves you, and he wants to save you. If you need to be saved today, 
right there where you sit, you can cry out to Jesus, you can ask him for forgiveness and he'll come into your life and change you forever. If you wanna be saved today, I'm gonna pray a prayer and I just invite you to pray this prayer with me. Say, dear Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sin. Come into my life and save me. I give my life to you today for the first time. Help me to begin to live for you right now. Change me. Amen. And no one is looking around, no eyes are open. But if you just prayed to give your life to Jesus, you know, Jesus never says keep that to yourself. Jesus didn't die in some back alley in Jerusalem. He died on a hill for everybody to see. And today, if you gave your life to Jesus, I just want to challenge you right now. I'm going to count to three. As soon as I say three, would you just raise your hand and say, Mark, today, I want you to know I gave my life to Jesus. One, two, three. Raise your hand right now. Mark, today I want to be saved. There's a hand right here. Anybody else? Anyone else? Praise God for that. Anyone else? Say, Mark, today I want to be saved. Anyone else? Amen. 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 Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for Jesus. I thank you that Jesus is alive. I thank you that Jesus, you are speaking. You're not off in the heavens hoping we can figure this out. You have entered in. You came and you lived and you died and you rose again and you revealed yourself through the Word of God, and the Spirit of God wants to take that Word and use it in our lives to make us different men and women. God, do it. God, do it. And do it for the beauty and the glory of your name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. Church, let's praise God for today, ma'am. Let's praise God for today. Hey, really quick, um, uh, man, we just saw at least two people raise their hands to say they gave their life to Christ today. That's awesome. I want to say something. Um, I want to say really quickly, um, uh, if you're hearing this and you're thinking, man, I would love to do this, Mark. How can I get started in God's Word? There's several things that, there's several things that you can do. Right out there on the welcome table, we've got blue Bible reading plans. You can get those. Or if you download the Summit app every day, we put new devotions in the Summit app. Also, one thing we've been talking about a lot lately is Right Now Media. We've got this for our church. We've given it for free to you. We want to give it away to everybody. It's 10, over 10,000 Bible studies for free on your phone, laptop, computers, like the Netflix of Bible studies. You can sign up for it on our app, or if you don't have our app, but you want to get signed up for it, go to the welcome table, and I'll help you do it right now. But man, we're trying to give our, our church as many tools as possible to get into the Word of God, to hear God, and by His help, do what He says, all right? Right now, our ushers are going to come and get in place. Dana's going to share a few things with you. And, and as they're coming, as they're coming, man, anything that God did in your life today, any decision that you made, please let us know on that card. If you gave your life to Christ, check that on the back of that card. Hey, today I gave, I gave my life to Christ, all right? Today I gave my life to Christ, all right? Check that box, drop that card in there, or you want to be baptized, whatever God did in your life today, check that box and drop that card in there. Guys, I would love to meet you if you're brand new at our welcome table. I hope a lot of you stick around for the partnership event. Uh, I'm going to pray for our offering, and Dana's going to share some things with us while we're receiving it. Let's pray. Father, thank you for Jesus Thank you for Jesus. Thank you, thank you, God, that you're so generous, that you are a giving God. You gave your son. You gave us the word. You're gi you've given us the spirit. God, you want to speak to us. You're at work in our lives and in the world. And, Father, what we give here is just a small reflection of our hearts, God, because we have the joy of the Lord in our hearts. The joy of the Lord is our strength. We love you. And, Father, I, I, God, I thank you that we get to give. So, God, as we give, I pray we give as cheerful givers today because of what Jesus has done for us. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. You give as God leads you. Put those cards in that basket. Dana, go ahead.
I just wanted to talk about a couple things uh, that is going on. If today is your first time or your second time, we have a free gift for you. Go ahead and put your uh, your card today in the, in the basket, but you can walk out there to the welcome table. I already see Melanie and Elmer out there, and you just tell them that it is your first time or your second time, and she's going to give you a bag and give you a gift. Um, students meet tonight. If you're a middle schooler, then they meet at 5.30. Somebody shake their head at me and say, that's right, Dana. 5.30. If you're a high schooler, then they meet at 6.30. Right? Okay. They changed the times on me, so I'm still not used to it yet. But if you are interested in being a partner, I do invite you guys to stay. It's such a, a wonderful step to take. Um, and and you're kind of like in, in our little inner circle, and there will be things that you find out a little bit sooner than everybody else. And so there is a great lunch being made back there by Kathy Mills and Bea. They worked on that for us, and I think it is taco soup, and they have hot dogs for the kids. So stick around for lunch and uh, be a partner and partner with us because if you're a member, we don't want to... Uh, we don't want to overrule you. you want, we want you to walk along beside of us. Download the app, and they'll find lots of tools to do what Mark's talking about and to own your spiritual growth. So that's it. You guys are dismissed.